0: Today, on the Five Minute Theory podcast, we are answering the three questions that everyone gets wrong on the theory test. So welcome to the 5-Minute Theory Podcast. This is a show where we give you bite-sized chunks of theory goodness to help you learn, understand, and pass your theory test. But today is a tiny bit different because it's not quite as bite-sized. We are coming to you with a special extended edition, and we have a few of these coming up, and we are doing a little bit of a deep dive. Because the DVSA, that's the organization that runs the theory test, have released the three questions that most people get wrong. The questions that I got wrong the most. Uh, they've released them um, in a blog, and today I am bringing on Chris Benstead to talk to me about these free questions. Now, Chris is the owner of theory test explain the sponsor of this show and he's also someone that liaises with the dvsa a lot specifically around the theory test so he's had some conversation with the dvsa and provided his feedback so i'm delighted to get chris on to talk specifically about these three questions so just before we dive into this show just a reminder that wherever you're listening would love it if you could click subscribe so these bonus episodes go into your feed whenever they're released and if feeling extra generous go and leave us a nice little five-star review. You can do that on Google or Apple or Spotify or wherever you're listening, or even on Facebook for TC Drive. Go and leave us a nice little five-star review and let us know how you're getting on with your theory. But for now, let's get stuck into the show. We are now joined by the man behind the sponsor of the show, Theory Test Explained, Chris Spencer. How are we doing, Chris? Hello, yes, all is good. I've been having a nice busy day doing theory. Good stuff you've been working with students, helping them uh, learn and understand, getting them ready to pass.
1: Yeah, it's what I call banging my head against the wall.
0: Um, so, yes, no, it, we've, we've had
1: a really good day, actually. And uh, I had three people in a row who were at the point where they started, and it was as if I was talking a different language, and it started to just come together and... and they were impressing me so it, yeah i love it's a lovely way to finish a week and and to you know to have three of them in
0: a row i think i get a prize pizza tonight or something yeah sounds good well the reason we've got you on today is because the dvsa have recently released the the free questions that everyone gets wrong on the theory test but they sort of almost came to you and asked you for your advice on how to to manage those questions and why students are getting them wrong. So that's why I brought you on today to talk about that specific thing. So let's have a look at these three questions that everyone gets wrong on the theory test then. What is the first question that everyone gets wrong? So yeah, these are the,
1: the most wrongly answered um and the the first of them which i think is the most i think that's the order that i've got them in um is you have stopped in an emergency area what must you do before you rejoin the carriageway
0: oh it was interesting because we were just talking a little bit before we started recording and i looked at that question and i thought I would answer that wrong because if you just asked me that question with no multiple choice my answer would be check it safe yeah because that would be the thing but that's not the answer is it on the, on these multiple choice questions what's the actual answer
1: no and and I will say I got it wrong as well it's a new question it's it's not been about for very long I think it came out when the highway code changes the H1 changes happened it was about then um and the Let let me explain a bit before I say the actual answer, because there's a lot of context that's missing. And that's one of the things on the theory that I think is is a problem that causes people an issue. And the, The first bit of context that, you know, it sounds really obvious, but we don't give people and therefore they don't have is you are driving. So with all the questions you you need to be in the frame of i am a driver and i think sometimes people miss that which when they say it, it seems blumming obvious but it's not necessarily you know the way that you approach it because you've probably spent more years as a pedestrian than you have as a driver and then this question it doesn't say it but an emergency area that used to be called an emergency refuge area and they've taken refuge out is on a motorway uh, so it's it's a smart motorway area. It's one of those orange boxes, if you like, um, sort of lay-bys at the side of the road for if you break down. All right. So if if there's an emergency, it's the bit you pull into because smart motorway, no hard shoulder. So that context is really important because otherwise you're going to look at those questions, words on the screen, not a clue. Yeah, you know, It's going to be technical terms that don't make sense. So we're talking about that um, that orange box, um, usually orange, sometimes yellow, at the side of the road, depends if they run out of paint. Um, and it's it, you've stopped in there. You've done what you got to do. Emergency is hopefully over. And then it's how do you rejoin the carriageway? Now, the other question is the other thing I think is important before we kind of look at the actual answer, which is the one that we get Asked about more and people have a better understanding of which is hard shoulder. So being a smart motorway, these smart motorways, because they talk about two different ones, and I raised that in the meeting with the dvsa I've said, you know, you need to be a bit clearer in what you're talking about. No surprise to us driving instructors, but anyway. Um, a a traditional motorway has a hard shoulder for emergencies. Smart motorway doesn't, which is why you've got the little box. With the hard shoulder as as you rightly you know would have answered f- for for this one it's a case of you know have a good look get up to speed actually on the theory test it says don't look get up to speed first and then look which i think is mad but anyway um get up to speed then find your safe gap to to go out you can't do that in the orange box it's not long enough so that's that's the context so the correct answer is you don't move off. You go and pick up the telephone. So I didn't know until yesterday when having been asked the question and, and uh, you know, why do you think people are struggling with it? They got a two page essay on three questions. Um, I didn't realize it was actually a, a a law. It says must in red in the highway code. So it is a law and therefore, you know, you, you have to ask permission from the highways Uh, agency so that you can move back out so the answer is after all that pick up the phone um pick up the phone and they'll tell you and the reason is because they can stop traffic they can they can move it out of lane one to give you that safe space to move into
0: just to clarify one thing on that because i'm not quite sure if you did when you're saying picking up the phone that's the emergency phone on the end of the, the, the highway yeah, so
1: it's that SOS
0: phone, the usually orange. Um,
1: you know, there'll be an orange bit of some kind. I'm waiting for them to change the picture because it's an old-fashioned, proper old-fashioned handset, which most of the people listening to your podcast have probably never used. Um, I handed my 13-year-old an old dial phone the other day. That was hysterical. Um, so yeah, you know, it's yeah, it's it's the old-fashioned looking phone that you see on the side of the The emergency telephone, uh, which you should face the traffic while you're using it. When you've finished using it, get back off the carriageway uh, into a safe space and it will be directed to it by the nearest marker post. There's four questions all in
0: one for you. There you go. Uh, So that's the most commonly incorrectly answered question uh, on the theory test. What's the next one? So, number two um, was
1: what must you do when you hitch an unbraked trailer
0: to a towing vehicle this one fascinates me because first and foremost and i've said this i think on the podcast and i say it to my learners there's a load more trailer questions in there in a minute because they scrapped the test over here uh, so now they try to you know beef up the theory side of it and so you understand. And being completely honest again, I don't know much about towing trailers. So another question where if you gave me a multiple choice, I'd get the answer right. If you didn't, then I'd probably be guessing. But what's the issue with this question and what's the answer? So
1: I I think the the problem with this question, as you said, is that they've put in a load of trailer questions to people who by definition, won't have towed a trailer because they're not allowed to because um, they haven't got the driving license yet unless they happen to be towing it behind a motorbike. yeah, It's going to be an unusual one. Uh, so this is going to be really alien. Technical term inside of the question, unbraked trailer. It's kind of what it sounds like, that it's a trailer without its own brakes. So it relies on the brakes of the vehicle to 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 slow down it's going to be t- being hitched to it so it's not attached it's not a, it's not um part of the the car or van it is going on one of those ball joints on the back and that's your hitch it's hitched on there so you have to use what used to be called a breakaway cable a breakaway cables a lovely term because it does what it says on the tin When the trailer, or if the trailer, breaks away from the car, that cable pulls tight and doesn't let the trailer roll down the road. It keeps you dragging it along while you can do something about it. So you can stop the car, you can deal with the situation. I liken it to if you look at a surfer and the surfboard. They have a leash that goes from the surfboard to their ankle, Velcros around their ankle. So if they come off the surfboard, it keeps it connected to them so it's still there but they've changed that phrase away from breakaway cable to secondary coupling device. How, how lovely and annoyingly technical is that? I don't know why um, I, I have raised it and got glazed looks back. My, my feeling is that because as as you said Terry they've decided to get rid of the b plus e test the trailer test so they are covering their backside by putting a load of questions in the theory to go well we're making sure people know um and one of those questions says go and get training um which they are you know they're supposed to be at least promoting trailing train training for trailers That's a hard one um that I, I think some geek like us has come along and gone It's not always a cable. It might be a chain. It might be maybe with a more nasally voice. But, you know, there's some some difference and there's variations. So we're going to have a phrase that catches everything but makes it more complicated. Um, So, yeah, I think that's why. So secondary coupling device, which is a backup connection between the car and the trailer in case stuff goes wrong. That it doesn't cause a massive crash.
0: There we go. And just before I move on to the third question, just touching a little bit on something you've said there, because you mentioned about the language and that you know words are being changed, that kind of stuff. And I know we've spoken before, and and you use examples like the word gradient. You know, as someone that specialises in teaching the theory and working with people that genuinely struggle with the theory, how much of a, a barrier and a problem is that? What the language of the questions. It's normally all of the barrier. It is the whole thing.
1: Um, so if you've put your work in and you've, you've gone through, and even if you do revise what you haven't learned yet, which is a pet hate of mine, but is kind of the way that we work. Um, so you've gone through that. You've used just the revision questions, but you've done it in a good way. You've put a bit of thought into it and gone, if I don't know it, maybe I should look it up maybe i should check out the 5 minute theory episode that's you know connected to it maybe i should get in touch with a, a trainer who can answer the question or if you've got a driving instructor ask them you know if you, if you make sure you know what those things mean all good but the test is reading written so the test is all about the words there's not that many pictures i wish there were more so it, especially with technical words driving's a technical subject you're always going to have you know Something behind it. To use my favorite example, dual carriageway. People will say 70 miles an hour, like a motorway, multiple lanes, none of which are necessarily true. They might be there, but they might not. The thing that makes it a dual carriageway is the barrier down the middle. And if you haven't got that picture in your head, when they ask you questions about turning right on a dual carriageway and you're thinking like a motorway, it's not going to make sense. It's not going to add up. So get your technical language right. The questions will make so much more sense. doesn't mean they're going to be written well, and that's the other annoying thing about them is it depends how well they're written, but at least you'll stand a, a fighting chance. So if you come across a word you don't know, check it out. Make, make sure that you know it.
0: Let's move on to this third question And the third question that most people get wrong on the uh, theory test uh so the third question is the
1: one that i'd put in at my number one actually as the the question i get asked by probably everybody that i've worked with um do you do you find that that's the case as well
0: yeah not not specific to this question but around
1: this question yes. yeah so it's motorway studs and it just doesn't seem to stick I it doesn't matter how you how you do it 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 i you know, use so many different techniques, people struggle. So, you know, um, if anyone's got really good ideas or ways it worked for them, you know, let Terry know because he can pass those on and we can steal them, uh, which is great. So the question is, specifically worded, where can you find reflective amber studs on a motorway? I'm assuming this one you would have got, right?
0: Yeah, th- this one, uh, I think that when you've just got a technical straightforward answer... I'm, uh, I'm gonna get, but the what? Give me some uh, thoughts on this. Then, um, obviously, what the answer is, but also some context around it. So, the answer I think is what
1: causes the problem. So, the the actual answer is next to the central reservation. So, what we're saying is it's in the middle of the motorway. So, the Amber studs are the ones in the middle of the motorway. But then when you look at the the multiple choice answers, you are driving. So it's going to be on your right. It's not going to be in the middle. And I think that that's when people go middle. That's the answer. And those are the white ones in the middle because they're the lane markings, not the ones on the right, which are the amber ones because that's the central reservation. I also think people muddle up lefts and rights a lot because they're under pressure and they don't double check themselves. So watching for that. And there's, there's a, I think a lovely little cheat, which is using the word uh, motorway has got RWA or RWY, depending if you want to say amber or yellow. At the end of the word, you can, you can, they're in order going across. So red's on the, on the left. The AY is on the right with W in the middle doesn't help you with the green ones but that's the other one that's the slip roads so I think it's because of that it's that visualization of it and we talk about you know the middle rather than the right hand side um yeah I, th- I think that's probably where
0: where the the confusion comes from on that one. I tend to talk about the traffic light system with this one. And I genuinely thought I created this system a few years ago, but it turns out everyone uses it. But, you know, I still made it for me. Um, so on the on, as we're driving down, on the left you've got the red because you can't go over that way because you'll crash. Then when it opens up to your exit, it goes green because you can go that way because you won't crash or you shouldn't crash. Then you've got your normal white studs, which will separate the lanes. And then over to the right, you've just got the other colour. Which is amber, but you don't even need to remember it because it's the other one.
1: Yeah, and, and amber on the traffic lights is in the middle. But I've then realised that I kind of add to that problem of saying the word middle rather than right. Um, so yeah, it, I th- I think that is it, I don't know. It just seems to be one that people struggle to to come to get to grips with um i've got a couple of new ideas having researched this for the the uh, dvsa to rep- respond to their inquiry that i've i've come up with since so uh, i'm going to play with those and see if they work if they do i will share but um yeah i haven't tried them
0: yet so we'll see well we appreciate you coming on to talk about those three questions today chris and, and sharing your your expertise but just before we let you disappear have you got any uh words of wisdom words of advice that you can give to anyone that's I got a theory test coming up, or I was getting ready for the theory.
1: Um it, there's there's so many. Um but I think the the main things are make sure you've put the work in. So if you are going through revision questions, you're doing it that way. Make sure you've seen them all. The number of people that go for it when they they just they're getting good scores, so let's go and give it a go. Um there are uh, 746 official questions on the revision databank make sure you've seen them all use a good app to to make sure that you've seen them all um and the one that's all of a sudden reared its head again is that you're 57 minutes unless you get additional time but that that time that's ticking annoyingly in the corner of the screen um and it, if you know if you ask them nicely, they will give you a post-it to stick over that. Sometimes, so it depends on your test centre, but you, you, know, you could try. Um, but that timer, that we'll call it fifty-seven minutes, is only for the multiple choice questions. It's you haven't got to save enough to do the hazard perception as well. Um, and I, I get a surprising number of people who've got this idea where, you know, it suddenly comes out they thought they needed to save some time. So you, you've got enough there's plenty of time there. Don't worry about it. Read the question, read the answers, read the question again.
0: Would you agree with me? Because I tend to say to the listeners and to my students that they want to learn the theory to apply to their driving, to apply to the driving test and after their test. Do you think if they focused more on that than trying to memorise a bunch of questions for a driving test, they might actually get on better?
1: Absolutely. I put my hands up to being a cynic and that I'm very much annoyed by the DBSA that the theory test isn't relevant enough to real driving, because I think what you said, that's the whole point, isn't it? Let's make people safe by giving them good knowledge. And there's stuff on there that's just pointless. And I probably working with it every day, I get sucked into this world of just getting a bit annoyed of kind of, you know, it doesn't seem like it is relevant, but therefore let's work harder and make it relevant. So yeah, get figure it out, make it match you. When's it important to you? Um, you know, put it in situations that you that you understand. Some of the areas are then quite difficult because you might not have motorways where you live. Um you definitely won't have topped up a battery to recharge it, um, or etched etched the number plate on the window. Uh, you can still do that. It's about twenty quid from Halfords, so uh, other stores are available. Um, they probably don't do etching, but uh, but yeah, the relevant stuff absolutely make it make it about you and your driving because that's what we're really focused on is you being safe in the future.
0: Well, you are the sponsor of, well, your company, Theory Test Explained. Uh, Your business is the sponsor of the 5-Minute Theory Podcast, or at least this season of it. So do you want to just spend a minute to tell people what Theory Test Explained is and where they can find you and get in touch?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, no, we're we're very happy to do so. Um, The whole point of Theory Test Explained is to give people understanding rather than just knowledge. So I was discovering that more and more people would get in touch with scores that were, I've worked really hard and I've hit a brick wall. Whatever that number might be, the really frustrating ones were the ones that were scoring 142 on a regular basis. And I started looking at why, and it's because knowledge only gets you so far. That if they ask a question a different way, something like that, um, it, it gets confusing unless you understand something. So Theory Test Explained is designed to, to help you work towards having an understanding of why, of getting your head around it a bit more. And I do that via one-to-one Zoom sessions. Um, we're working at putting more content together for people to just access on a, on a whim or if they've got a question. Uh, but the course, course side of things that we do is one-to-one Zoom sessions in which... We we work it through in your language, in your way, with your questions and your answers. So yeah, it's very it's very kind of bespoke and works that way. So I'm working to get together with some amazing people in the industry, uh, and Terry is, is one of them. So uh, I'm very happy to be to be supporting uh, Five
0: Minute Theory. Awesome. Well, uh, if anyone wants to get in touch, they can find all Chris's links in the show notes, as always, and um, on the website. So, uh, yeah, thank you for joining us there, Chris. It's been a pleasure. I'm sure that the, uh, the folks listening will appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. So, just dropping in with a quick note at the end of this episode, because since recording this, the DVsa have actually got in touch regarding one of the questions. It's the one around the breakaway cable and the secondary coupling device. The DVSA have got in touch and said that the two terms are not interchangeable and they are two different things. It's not helped because they can look exactly the same, but they work in different ways. So, that's a little bit of feedback I've had from the DVSA. So, the answer will still be the same, but apparently, the breakaway cable and the coupling device are two different things so hope you've enjoyed this episode make sure you go and leave us a nice little five-star review and click subscribe wherever you're listening but remember stay safe drive safer